You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. You're listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on The Sports Objective. Join Coach C, the USA Strength and Conditioning Hall of Famer, every Monday night to see in a variety of guests, including former players, former and current coaches, pastors, and others will discuss relevant issues in coaching today's athlete with the goal of equipping the athlete and those coaching them with the physical, mental, and spiritual armor necessary to live their best life. Here's Coach Connors. Welcome to our 15th show with Absolute Empowerment. Tonight we have Jeff and Misty Carr, a marriage made in pirate heaven. And the one thing that I really love about these podcasts is that I can uh, choose to have people on that I care about, appreciate, and respect. And I respect and appreciate you all so much. And uh, it was just an honor and a privilege for me to work with you, with both of you. Uh, actually having the opportunity to coach Misty to a certain extent also because of the lack of staff that I had to cover all the teams at ECU. And I had to break away from football and the four uh, phys ed classes that I taught. And uh, I also had the uh, joyous experience of coaching the women's basketball team for a period of time in the weight room. So, uh, and, uh, and they had a good team. And so that man worked hard. So uh, what I'm going to ask each of you to do uh, first here is kind of, uh, we'll start with Misty, just giving us a little bit about your, uh, your career at ECU, uh, just uh, kind of the highlights, and then also give us your list of accomplishments, awards, and, uh, and some accolades that you've received from an athletic standpoint or any other standpoint. Uh, love to hear some of that. Okay, thank you, Coach. <clears throat> well, first of all, I played at ECU starting in 1996, so quite a few years ago. Um, it was truly a dream come true for me to play at the Division I level, and um, I was very blessed with the opportunity coming in as a freshman with just some injuries and challenging dynamics that I was offered the chance to play early in my career, which was a blessing and really helped me to stay motivated and focused. Um, had great coaches like Coach Connors that really taught me how to challenge myself mentally and physically that helped me develop into a great basketball player um, because so much of the game is a mental component and you can be tough in high school um, but being pushed to that next level was definitely a defining part of my career at East Carolina. Um, throughout my time at ECU one of the um, greatest accomplishments I received was when I was a senior for we played in the CAA at the time and I was um, awarded the Dean Ellers award which was the athlete that embodied leadership on and off the court um, in the community and just making a difference in the lives of those around me and that's really what i strive to do with my career um, was to make a difference and be competitive and so that was a great accomplishment um, most recently i was awarded um, iredale county hall of fame in the community that I grew up in. 
And so that was just a tremendous honor. I'm still very much involved with my children and in the community, but knowing that, you know, your career and the kind of legacy you leave, um, it really goes with you and stays with you, um, regardless if you're, you know, on the court at the present time. So that's one of the most recent awards um, being inducted into the Hall of Fame in my community. And, um, you know, just having the opportunity to say thank you to so many that made an impact in my life. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jeff. Let's hear a little bit about your career at ECU and some of those accolades. Yeah, 95 through 99. Um, we had probably more injuries than I did tackles there probably one year. Uh, for the most part, I, we, we dealt with a lot of adversity, and uh, that's where uh, Misty and I kind of came together. Norris used to always kid us all the time with, man, you, you, your kids are going to come out with knee braces on when y'all get together. So uh, it was just something that we kind of knew from the beginning that we were kind of meant for each other here. But for me, it was with ECU, I, I think we had the big wins against – I mean, I know we did, but as far as being big wins against uh, Miami and uh, bowl game there our senior year and um, learning from a lot of great people was, was really, really good and an honoring for me. And uh, I think uh, one year, I think we had 182 tackles, 178 tackles. I don't remember all the exact numbers, but uh, that was my sophomore year, I think, and broke a record at that time, which has since been broken. Uh, but having a great D-line in front of you, you can do a lot of good things. And I love playing at East Carolina, and uh, since then, it's it's been NASCAR. Uh, ECU was um, the biggest part there, I think, was after I'd left and I think winning one of the top linebacker spots for Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. That was really honoring and pretty cool for me, and yeah. that's one of the things I'm most proud of at this point because once you leave, you, you really leave your legacy there, and uh, what you've done stands the test of time, or it doesn't. So. I think what we've done, we've left a bit of a legacy behind, and we're, we're proud of that, and hopefully we can continue with our kids as well. Well, you're definitely one of the most physical players I've ever coached, and uh, I've coached a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I always respected you for the physicality and also uh, the, the way you, you could play with pain because you had so many different injuries. Uh, we, we can't even list them all. I mean, I put them in my book, if you remember, but yeah. <laughs> there were quite a – quite a number of those, but you, you, you played through the pain. That's for sure. Uh, and I was very appreciative, uh, for everything that you did for our team, uh, no doubt. So what I'd like you to do uh, individually now uh, again would be to, uh, talk about your influences leading up to your, uh, enrollment into the ECU program. Uh, and then were there any challenges during your high school career where you had to rely on your faith? Okay. <clears throat> well, absolutely. Um, as far as relying on my faith, my sophomore year in high school, I came to high school as a freshman, played varsity, was actually um, co-player of the year in our conference, which was, you know, honestly unheard of for a freshman to come in. And I also was in a conference with some other great athletes that were going to Division One schools within my sophomore year. I tore my ACL and, you know, I think a lot of people really doubted if I would be able to recover from that. Um, and I did, and I came back my junior year and my very first came, 
first game back, I partially tore the graft and had to have a second major surgery. So it was really my faith and just knowing, you know, scripture tells us um, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And when we rely on that strength and that promise and knowing that if that's God's will um, for your life, it doesn't matter what people around you say or tell you or doubt you. Um, you know, you just put your faith in him and continue to work each and every day and be disciplined. So there was a lot of adversity, which really prepared me in a lot of ways for college. Um, but I just feel like through the process of being recruited and then honestly, once I had my second injury, a lot of schools that were interested in me, um, you know, she's going to be slow. She can't play at this level. Um, and lost interest. But however, that's where when your focus is on the Lord and his plan for your life, um, you know, he knew I needed to be at East Carolina. And so the doors just continued to open. And Ann Donovan was the coach at the time um, that recruited me and brought me in and being able to play under someone with her intensity and, um, you know, was was a great experience. So that is definitely um, my faith and um, definitely led me there and, and sustained me once I got there. Now tell me a little bit about your family growing up. So I grew up in a Christian home. Um, we were very involved in church and um, my parents, you know, we were involved in church and I think that is so vital, but it was lived out in my home um, you know, honoring Christ and the, where our priorities are, the way we treat other people, even, even tithing. That's one thing I remember as a child, um, you know, learning about and seeing the faithfulness of my parents. Um, so I grew up in church and had an amazing youth ministry with a lot of great people that invested in me. So we're reinforcing what my mom and dad were teaching. And when I say they invested in me, I mean, they came to ball games, traveled to ball games, um, loved on me. And, you know, that's what Jeff and I pray for our own children, because it definitely starts at home. But to have people that are investing in your kids and reinforcing that um, is vital. So I was very blessed in the home that I grew up in with my mom and dad. I had an older sister that was very supportive. Um, and a very close-knit community that believed in me and supported me. Thank you. Uh, Jeff, how about your uh, influences and challenges? Very similar. I mean, we both had the, we had um, a lot of interest from places like Tennessee, went to a lot of um, visits, and again, my, my junior year tore my ACL as well, so uh, he went from Tennessee, Wake Forest, Duke, South Carolina, a lot of different schools that were talking to you. And then all of a sudden you tear your ACL. And this was probably, I think it was the second game um, my junior year in, in high school. And, and then to have all that taken away from you all at one time. And that, that's where it's destructive to your mind because you fill in the blanks and you say, never going to work out now. Now that I tore my ACL, nobody's going to look at me anymore. And um Still came back, had an offer from Duke, um, also had an offer from East Carolina, Wake Forest, talked to um, different things. It was my senior year. And then 
had planned to go to Duke. That was one of the places that was my uh, kind of circled it as a place that I'd, I'd love to go. And uh, at the very last minute, they reneged on the offer. And um, and then Coach Jeff from East Carolina came back and he basically said that I'll never renege on you and I'll always be there for you. Right. Um, so that meant a lot to me for him to to bring that back to the table and say, we still believe in you. Um, and I'm a very honoring person. If somebody believes in me, I'm going to give it right back to you. And at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a type of guy that's going to really be solid and, and strong and give back the faith that's been given in me at the same time. And, and that was a place that I, I knew it was home for me in the beginning. And East Carolina is a place where I went and never looked back on it. I always felt like a pirate from day one. And my faith re reiterated that every single year because, I mean, I had more injuries there than I've had in, uh, in high school. And at the same time, it, you know, because God took you through one problem and one one place to kind of secure your faith, and he's going to take you through another one. And, and that was exactly where we both ended up. And we had those shared experiences from day one. It's been a part of our marriage and it's been a part of our life from because we know, we know it can never be worse than what he's going to always take you through the best. Now, I, saw, I saw both of you as being uh, leaders uh, in college. And uh, how have you kind of uh, shared that leadership role with the family? And uh, talk a little bit about how you endeavor to lead your children. I'll take this one. Our son, he, uh, he's, he's great. And, and he's, he can be the type that doesn't really step forward at first, but uh, I was a lot like that whenever I was a child and I didn't really have a strong presence in a lot of things that I did because I was a little bit, uh, wasn't really, I wasn't really a standout type of person. I was one that really got into the moment of, of emotions and once the emotions kind of took a hold of me, I became a different person. And I think that's a lot of the way he is as well. Now our daughter, on the other hand, she does have a, a very strong sense of presence and uh now she we we steer her very little and she knows exactly what she wants and she knows exactly how she's going to get to go to get there and she knows exactly what direction she needs to take to make it happen i think he takes a lot from this one right here to, and she pretty much does everything her mom does and they they're they're a pair and i love watching i told her this weekend they went over to look at christmas trees and and I just told her, I said, I said, I can see every moment that you guys are just growing as a relationship and mom and daughter. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. And I'll just add, I think the important thing is that you're intentional um, with your kids. And like Jeff said, really understand their makeup and that they see things lived out in your life. There's no message that we try to teach or preach that they're not going to see us living day to day right you know what kind of ground rules do you keep in your home that you feel like you've had success with that other parents might learn from well there's no one two three i can tell you that it, it's basically whatever said is what's done and we will always said from day one if i tell you to do something you're going to do it and we, we firmly believe in discipline backing it up um our, our kids are we, we give them enough rope to where they can actually be be parented. Um, but at the same time, high expectations usually yield high results. And uh, that's one thing that we, we push forward with them is that the expectations are always going to be there with school. It's going to be there with your actions. 
and, and for everything that they do in sports or even outside in life. And I, I think if the expectations are there, kids will live, live up to them. If the, the discipline backs it up, then you don't have many problems. And, and we, we can't, God gave us two great children that we can't ask for any better. And um, very, very thankful for that area and health. That's one of the biggest things we love so far. Gotcha. Well, it's always been amazing to me since I came to East Carolina, you know, many years ago. Uh, you know, we have a ton of pirates in the state of North Carolina and also across America. Uh, you know, what was it about the experience that uh, creates an undying love of the, the purple and gold for a lifetime? What is that magic? Uh, how do you see that? What experiences did you have there? Uh, or, or what experience do you think other people have there that make them feel so strongly about this university and uh, so strongly, I guess you could say, about athletics, but uh, the football program is uh, is kind of off the charts as far as what people are willing to do to have a winning program at ECU. So uh, any thoughts there? <laughs> Um, my biggest thing was the passion of the people. And I don't think you see that anywhere. And, and our fans were, I mean, they, they brought more energy and enthusiasm and you feed off of that in the games. And I mean, I, I can just remember just going outside of yourself and then being able to be a different person. And to me, if, if the people that know me doing my job now as a financial planner, look back and say, oh, you don't really look like the linebacker type. You don't act like the linebacker type. And, at the end of the day, I'm not the linebacker type, but it's the person I become whenever you get in front of an audience that really supports what you do. And and, and that was what I, I, I lived. I tried to do everything I could to live and play with passion. And, and, and I realized real quickly that it all can be taken away from you in a split instance. And uh, we both lost our careers, we felt like, in early on in high school, and then it was given back to you. Well, when something's taken from you, and then giving back to you, you all of a sudden realize how important it is. Because when you sit and watch from the sidelines, there's no greater penalty than to have to sit there and watch something that you know you could be a part of and you know you could add value to. And, and once I was given that back, my passion became one of, I never want to see that sideline again. Um, and, and something that you really take for granted sometimes is that the fact that you may have a starting role. Well, it, it's there one second, it's gone the next. And, yeah. And I think our, our faith is really what grounded us into being the people that we are today through the injuries you had to endure and the prayers that you had to put out because I, it ain't me. There's no way I could do that. I mean, it was all the people that surrounded you just like your stuff. I mean, I, I would have never made it without the weight room in East Carolina. And I never made it without all the rehab that we went through. Yeah, and Just like today, I'd never make it without my wife helping me along the way and doing the things, all the stuff that she does to help take care of our family and, it's always relationships. It's always working as a team, working to be better because of the people around you, not just you. Yeah, I definitely think just the investment in the people in Greenville and in the university. And there are very few places that you can go. I think it makes it even sweeter that it's more of a rural town. But everywhere you go, there's purple and gold, purple and gold. And, you know, that just really makes you feel um, pride and supported and to really be a part of something big and special and, and the people you meet as well. 
Um, you know, I would say ECU, we get great athletes. Um, and however, maybe not the ones that come, you know, top of the list, but really working together with great coaches to be the best and to beat those schools that maybe have it a little more um, smoother, if you want to say. Right. Yeah, purple and gold. I remember one incident when I was in an airport and I, you know, I, I must have had like a relapse or something because I was at Carolina and uh, I was in one of those stores and I asked somebody, I'm like, look, man, you know, why do you have all these other schools, schools uh, clothing in here and have no East Carolina clothing in here? And the guy was like, why do you care? You're wearing a Carolina hat. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I forgot. <laughs> I'm still... I still was, uh, you know, still bleeding purple a little bit, I guess. But uh, yeah, I can. Uh, when I was in racing, we had gone out to Vegas, and we were on the elevator, and there was this German, there was a German couple that was on the elevator, and they they looked at me and they said, "I've heard of North Carolina, I've heard of South Carolina, but where is East Carolina?" Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, we're a special place down on the east eastern part of North Carolina that you'll never know about until you go there. Once you go there, it'll be your happiest place on earth. Yeah. Well, there have been times, too, when I, I I wish there wasn't a western Carolina because, you know, people would automatically think we're eastern Carolina, which would drive me nuts. But mm-hmm. uh, so but. Uh, uh, but. Uh, next, I want to ask you, do you think there is something unique and rewarding to mention for anyone considering ECU? Let's say that you're out recruiting. What do you sell? You sell the, the community, the investment that, again, you know, everywhere you go, you're going to see that purple and gold. You're going to have professors, community members, pirate club members, you know, kids that are going to be excited to show up and watch you play and um, to be a part of something special. And I just, I know that you can't get that everywhere. And just that genuine good people that want to see you be successful and um, really support you and, um, you know, be a part of the journey. I had Pastor Gene Williams on a few times talking about the epistles. And uh, I said, we know Pastor Gene, one of the sins in the epistles is uh, revelry. Now, East Carolina was seen as the number one party school in the nation. So, uh, you know, we're we're using revelry to recruit people to ECU. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't know how to answer that. But but anyway, I think that... uh, you know, when you when you're when you go to college, I don't care what college it is, and when you particularly when you're an athlete, there's a whole lot of temptations out there. You know, a lot of a lot of decisions you can make uh, that end up being the wrong decisions, or maybe could harm you in some way, or harm your future in some way. So, and, you know, I'm always asking people to talk a little bit about how important it is to have a spiritual life. That's Something we know that Coach Logan always talked about, uh, uh, whether, you know, you know, we had our, uh, whatever we called that upper room before each game uh, with Doug Martin and, of course, Chuck Young. And I've talked a lot about this on the other podcasts as well. But uh, I think 
even though maybe everybody you know did not buy in 100 percent at that point it was important to have it and important to hear it and i always give coach logan credit for uh making that something that was important uh, and you know when you look back on it you even appreciate it more and more um so next question uh what was god doing in your lives to get you ready for each other <laughs> I would say it's all about, you know, God's timing um, and really seeking to be all that God has called you to be so you can grow and, you know, be the person focusing more on, you know, developing yourself mentally, spiritually, physically, all of those things um, versus trying to be somebody to impress another person. So really working for God to work within me and my heart. And again, knowing that it's his plan and his timing and I can't change that. Um, so I would think that is, and again, just being true to who you are and the person God's called you to be um, and knowing that he really orchestrates those details and, you know, the person that he has brought into your life for a lifetime in your spouse. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. And I think timing is, is definitely imperative. And, uh, but the biggest thing was the fact that how a lot of times I may have been thinking in the moment, um, always tell people, if you're in the moment, you're behind the moment. If you're ahead of the moment, you're in the moment and being ahead of the moment, God puts you there for a purpose and for a reason. And I know he put Misty in my life because it was, it was not, uh, my choice in the beginning to think about, because I'd seen Misty several times that we, we were in the locker room, not locker room, but we were in the uh, training room together all the time. Um, and, and we, we would get each other in the weight room and, and things. And she, uh, she actually rode home with me one time back to, I took her back to Statesville because it was on the way back to my own hometown and met her parents there. And, um, and, and we kid about it all the time. She drove me crazy the whole way back saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, and when, when I would say something or she wouldn't understand me, she didn't hear me. She goes, I'm sorry. And, <laughs> and I kid her about that with our kids and, and we have a laugh about it. But at the same time, God's timing was the real timing. And, and it's not about us. It's about us becoming who he wants us to be. And, and I, and I wasn't the person that I needed to be yet. So um, yeah. God, God knew that and, and I, I can't be that person without him and being him, being that person with him is much more important and being that person with him and with her at the foremost is, is where I needed to be. Well, in coaching and inter interacting with Misty, some I kind of thought she was someone who probably, uh, she may not even have committed a sin in her life. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> So do you think, Jeff, that she had to mold you a little bit? And uh, Misty, what are your, uh, what are your, what's your memory there with, with uh, Jeff when you first met him? Well, I don't think um, God's given any of us the ability to mold, although we try um, <laughs> and would like to think we can. Um, but I knew, you know, Jeff was special um, just with his heart and his passion and, um, you know, anybody that watched Jeff play football and just the passion he brought on the field, that he was different 
Um, and, you know, I always, I used to think about uh, David and being a man after God's own heart. And, you know, I knew Jeff's heart was different and special and um, that he did have a lot of passion. And again, it was God's timing and plan. Um, and I couldn't change that or change Jeff or, you know, it just worked out the way it was supposed to. Right. Yeah, I remember the first time I told her I love you, she goes, that's nice. And I'm like, what you mean that's nice? What's this deal going on? Is that all I am? But that's what I needed to hear, and God knew that. And and she's been a rock. humility. Yeah, a little humility. Our first time we go out, speaking of humility, our first date, we were in the uh, training room, and I'd ask her to go out and play a game of horse, because both of us were hobbling along with broke knees. And asked her to play a game of horse in the gym. And she goes in. She goes, I'll even use a boys ball. Well, it was H-O-R-S-E before I even had a letter on her. And I didn't have a hope or a prayer. So that was our first date. Whoever lost had to had to basically yeah. cook dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she humbled me real quick when it came to the game of basketball. And the game of life. Well, I was going to ask how you met, but you kind of answered that. Uh, when you know, when did you realize you had a common spiritual commitment, uh, Misty? Did you invite Jeff to church, or uh, when when did you uh, have that conversation a little bit? Um, well, we had had conversations, you know, here or there in passing. Jeff actually went to a different church than I did at ECU, um, and just a different style of worship. And, um, you know, sometimes I would ask him just to check in, you know, you've been, you've been at church lately, right? And to see how he would answer. And um, that was always a part of discussion. I mean, and I think um, just, you know, faith and, and who I was and the priority there. So it was really a part of our relationship and, um, you know, I would say from the beginning. And um, so we kind of grew from there. We went on some mission trips together. I think that was a great experience early or in our relationship and just being able to serve others together. That definitely um, serving brings you closer together. So. Right. Yeah. Eric Reyes and Carlos Ochoa were both very influential with me and my faith in East Carolina and also Chuck Young. I mean, Chuck did a great job of always being there, always praying for you. We'd have the Bible studies at his house and um, and the upper room. All these things all bring into part of of who you are. It's never one thing that's an indicator. It's always a, it takes a community and that's who it was. And that's who we appreciate, why we appreciate East Carolina, because it's, it brought us together first and foremost. But at the end of the day, it was the grounding part of our faith. It really made us who we are. Uh, was was there a uh, moment or a time where it was kind of revelational uh, when you felt like the Lord was putting you together in this relationship? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it was definitely, uh, for, for me, I mean, I, I grew to love her over a extended period of time. It wasn't just a, here, we're going to, sit down we both know each other and we've known each other and uh, but my respect for her was really the thing that won me over and i mean when you have a woman that's a rock and her foundation and everything that she does i mean that's a real true value to 
to a man. I mean, it's uh, to know that somebody's going to raise your child, children and, and be a rock with them and knowing that they're going to have a foundation that they'll never forget. And, um, and that's really what we love about our kids is that they can both hopefully look at us and say that um, my mom and dad did what they said they were going to do. And, 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 and I respect them for that. And at the end of the day, she, she was always a rock for me and everything that I did and um, love everything about it. Uh, what do you think you might be able to share with other couples uh, and how God has blessed you and rewarded you for being faithful? And, uh, you know, what are some of the specific things you think throughout your marriage uh, really helped you to have such a strong relationship? I want I go back to our marriage counselor whenever we first got married. And there's, there's always... Two ways to do something, not not one way to do something. There's always two ways to do something, and 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 that's been something for us. I mean, the very beginning is respect and respecting each other's abilities and what each person can do, and then letting each each person take over the strengths. And um, and in a marriage, we it's a give and take with everything, and it can't be just one way or subdivided. It's got to always be a way that we can both get along together and. Um, and when I see, I see people all the time in marriages and it's, it's opposites attract a lot of times, but at the end of the day, it's really the relationship that keeps things going and you got to give and take, you got to make sure that you're going to give into each other and you got to make sure that they, you're going to hold the values true for each person. That's, that's there at the end of the day. That's the root and the foundation is God. And there he's first and foremost, and it's not us. I mean, it's just like our career in football and career in basketball. That wasn't yeah. first. And we thought it was first, but every time we thought it was first, it got taken away. So for us, it's the same thing in our marriage. When God's first, your life is first. He keeps everything where it needs to be. He keeps it in the direction it needs to go. And just I'll add to that, being intentional about that. And I'll just um, share some scripture that we were looking at about marriage. You know, Jeff mentioned respect, and that is so important for the husband and the wife, but especially, I mean, scripture mandates for wives to submit to their husband, to respect their husband. And um, I know some people struggle with that for whatever reason, but, um, you know, it, it's you're submitting to their leadership. God created the man to really lead the family and you're respecting and submitting to him as unto the Lord. And on the reverse side of that, the husbands are to love their wife as Christ loved the church. And, you know, people say, well, what do you mean submit to your um, husband? But there's an in return with that, that husbands are to love their wife their, as Christ loved the church. And that's in Ephesians 5, 22 through 27. And when you have the, well, the husbands receiving the respect and then the um, wife is being loved, um, you have really the relationship that God created. Is that always easy? No. And again, it goes back to that word being intentional about that and, you know, really understanding that and Christ being at the center of that, because without Christ, um, it is, I would say, very challenging to make that work. Well, Christ loving the church, there's a whole lot of love right there. Uh, so 
And I'm looking at the same scripture right now because either you were going to go to it or I was going to go to it. But uh, we also say, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Uh, so, you know, there's a whole lot, a lot of different places we can kind of go with this uh, relative to what's happening in our world right now. Um, but going back to Genesis, for instance, and now I'm looking at the, uh, the American Patriots Bible. And so Adam said, this is new bone of my now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And that's Genesis 2, 23, 24. And actually, Dr. Richard G. Lee, who wrote the American Patriots Bible, goes on to state the plan of God, nature and common sense is a man and a woman producing children within the institution of marriage. When that plan is lost, marriage and family become meaningless and a nation and its people will follow the road to ruin. So those are some pretty strong words there. And uh, how do you feel about that? Well, we went through the book of Genesis as a church back in the spring, well, for an extended period of time. And I think, you know, I, I completely agree. I think it is Satan's attack on God's design um, from the right. very beginning, you know. And, um, you know, I do think it is as believers, we have to be um really rooted and understand that truth and teach our children that truth and not deviate from that truth. Um, that doesn't mean that we can't be loving of others that may um, think differently, but God's word is the ultimate truth. And that's one thing we teach our children. Oftentimes when they come to us and ask a question, Instead of, well, my mom said, or my dad said, what does God's word say? That's where we start. That is ultimate truth. And God said it is between a man and a woman. And, you know, that is very clear in scripture. And just the attack on families in general, um, even families with husbands and wives. Um, so yeah. I think as believers, we have to be even more intentional with prayer and protecting, you know, our marriages and our families and our children, um, that they grow up believing this truth and living that truth out. Speaking of your children, I want to get into that a little bit more. Uh, now, how do you handle what they're exposed to or, you know, as they, they're growing up, what they, I mean, how do you handle social media? How do you even handle television? I mean, it's just incredible to me what you can see and hear everywhere you look. And, uh, you know, there's so many influences out there. I mean, uh, my poor grandma would have just had a heart attack if she was watching TV these days, <laughs> you know, I mean, so uh, how do you deal with that? Well, for social media with Grayson, we did not allow that until he went to high school. And, um, you know, that is something 
as Jeff mentioned earlier, that you know our kids definitely have a healthy respect of this is the rule. Um, you know, especially with Jeff, they know there's no deviation at all from that. And so there really wasn't issues. And then Jeff, um, you know, is great with being involved with the whole social media component. And, um, and like with our daughter, she may be the only person in middle school that doesn't have social media, but she knows that's the rule in this home. And, um, but I think, again, it goes back to just teaching them truths and protecting their minds and what they see and where they have values that, you know, they want to honor God, um, even as a 13 year old or a 17 year old, um, and just lots of prayer and great, try to pray for great people around them to support the things you're trying to do at home. It's definitely not easy. Um, and I, you can't shelter them for, from everything. Um, and I think being, you know, Jeff does a great job when the, that story comes up on ESPN. Grayson's always loved sports. And unfortunately, you know, so-and-so was charged with whatever the crime is and using those um, real life for teaching moments. Um, yeah. And, and not sheltering from, you know, them from the things that are going on in the world, but teaching them to have, you know, faith to navigate. And we always talk to them. I always describe Newton's third law to them. And it's like for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. So you think, you think about every choice you make and every action that you take, because at the end of the day, once you make this, this action, you can't take it back. And you got to think ahead of the moment or you're going to be in the moment, which you may not like later on. And we give our kids free choice. Like our son, I tell him, like, you can be on social media. You can talk to do whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, your action will define what the next step's going to be. And wherever that goes, that's your choice. But at the end of the day, you're in charge. You have the will to be able to make that decision. We're going to give you enough line that you can make that decision all you want. And uh, and you're going to make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. We're all going to make mistakes. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to be rooted. you got to be grounded in making the right choices. And I think that's really what we tried to, tried to push our kids in making good decisions by making good choices by being rooted and grounded in the faith that they needed to have. And, and like she said, from her church growing up, it took a community, East Carolina, it took a community. I mean, my childhood as well, it took a community. It can't be just one person in your life that tells you one thing and that's the end all be all dictatorship. It's gotta be really, really pulled and pushed from every direction. And, and I think that's where we kind of, we fall back on and we lose that and, and try to go along with the flow of whatever's happening around you. But all it takes is one good person to make one good choice and one right action. It's just like what you started here, coach. It's really a big part of, of all the guys that you have involved. And we all want to be a big part of it in every way. And, and by you doing this, it took one person to get this started and it's only going to take two or three more to get the ball, to keep the ball rolling in the right direction. And that leaves a legacy for others that they can, live and, and really breathe upon making good choices moving into the future, which makes legacies moving on with other families. So thank you for doing this for the most part. Well, I pray every day, you know, God lead me, you know, where you want me to go with this. And, uh, and I'm, I'm having a great time with it. I really am. And I, I just love having people on here that, uh, 
like I say, that I care about, that I can share ideas with. And of course, where we can touch somebody to rededicate their life. You know, that's that's where I really want to go with this is get more people to come on and rededicate their life because we've got plenty of pastors to come on here and pray with them. And so, you know, if you run across anybody, we'll we'll put them on the show. If they've got the courage to declare it on the show, we're going to we're going to pray for them on the show and make it happen. You know, so uh, I'm really committed to that. And I know Pastor Gene is and I know the other pastors are as well. So that's that's what this is. is this is all about for sure. That's where it's at. So, that's all. That's what we're all about. we got to bring more people to Christ. And that's where we kind of we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings anymore. And that's that's long yeah. gone. So both of you went through a, a collegiate career. And when you come in as a freshman, you have a class. And of course, football, you might have 25. When you're a senior, how many of them are left? And so my question is, what happens where they go by the wayside? You know, how can you give athletes advice coming into a collegiate program to sustain the last to uh, to graduate, of course, but also still maintain a position on the team and contribute to the team and, you know, go through the hard times with the team because we know that if you're able to do that, it's going to make a difference in your life after after that. So, uh, you know, what, what are your feelings there in relationship to what you saw with your teammates? Well, I think it is, you know, discipline – and just perseverance and, and it's not easy um but understanding the reward of the investment um you know i would not trade even some of the hardest workouts punishment workouts running stadiums um you know i could name all these things that were miserable um you know, my freshman year, I probably called home and told my parents that Satan in the flesh um, would, were the name tag as coach. Um, I won't name any specifics. <laughs> um, and however, looking to see what that experience, how it prepared me for life. Um, you know, I would not trade that for any amount of money or the opportunity to go anywhere else. Um, than what I experienced at ECU. And um, like Jeff said, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's an investment and it requires sacrifice, um, but it's worth it in the end. And being transparent about that um, yeah. as well, I think is, is important that, you know, you're not coming for a four or five year joy ride that's, carefree and, and honestly coach we can sit here it's no different than being a follower of Christ. Christ doesn't say our journey is going to be easy that it's going to be you know no trials along the way but knowing right. that he's going to sustain us and right. I think that's the same way with the experience as a college athlete. I mean there were many days that I could have thrown in the towel and given up and um you know, and that's something with our own children, like giving up is never an option. I mean, that Jeff is, um, does great with teaching them that. And, you know, we don't care how tough it is um, because unfortunately I feel like we're seeing a generation when things get tough, you know, they throw in the towel, but that's where 
you know, the reward really comes is when you stick it out. That's a great point. Yeah, uh, it's plenty of times where we you know, wanted to throw in the towel every day. I can tell you all those leg circuits you put us through and then directly out onto the stadium steps and running 300s, you, you hate those things in the moment, but you appreciate and love them in life because those are the things that get you through the hard times because you're going to always experience something tough in your life. And if you fold with it, if you give in to whatever the group or the, the people around you are doing, you'll never be anything. You'll always be a part of whatever the, the group is doing. Why would you ever want to be a part of something that God's was not God's plan? It was a man's plan. Yeah. And that's what I always struggled with was my plans always being changed. And I still struggle with that today because I feel like I hold my plan here close to my heart. And I think that that's where I need to go. And I push too much of my life into that. And God's the real plan. I know in racing, one of the toughest things that, um, that that's hardest to deal with is as a, driver in a nascar race you're taught when you get into a big wreck to absolutely take your hands off the wheel or it'll break your arm and in life we're taught the same thing and every time i hold on to the wheel the tightest is when i get my arm broken something happens I something bad happens we always have to really look back and say it's not my plan it's his plan it's the ultimate goal and he points us in the right direction gives us the things that we need to accomplish all the directions that we need to go and he puts the people in our path that we have to have there to, to make it happen. And I can tell you working for you coach has been one of the greatest honors because you taught me so much as far as work ethic. And still today I, I see you take something like this and, and when you go write a book, I mean, I've actually had a thought the other day, God placed on my heart, you need to go write a book and yeah. that's something I really want to do. And that's not an easy challenge. I mean, that's a tough challenge that, that's put on you. And that takes a, a massive amount of time and effort and work ethic. And, um, but knowing that you can do something along those lines and even immeasurably more is really a, a, a big part of who I want to be as well. So yeah, we appreciate all you've done there to kind of give us the right direction. Well, I wrote books because I needed to vent to somebody, you know, even if I was <laughs> writing them to myself. But uh, I wrote about seven pages a night and I wrote two books on a yellow pad Never used the computer. <laughs> and I, I can't even tell you how many times I rewrote those seven pages in one night. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it was a lot of work, but uh, I just think it helped me deal with what I was going through then because, you know, at ECU, I always tell people I was at the, the penthouse, outhouse, and everywhere in between. And during that time, I was in the outhouse. And, uh, you know, I had I needed to find some way to deal with what I was going through Uh you know, going to work there every day. So, uh, Hey, we all have ways that we need to vent, but hopefully they're all healthy. Um, so I guess what I'd, I'd like to say about that, what we just talked about is, you know, when you learn to be part of a team and you look at, I just think you look out there at the divorce rates still. And, and I just really feel like both of you having been successful athletes and leaders that that's, that's helped you to create your team. Uh, your family, you know, that uh, my wife has a, actually her uh, email is Connor's team. So, and we always talk about ourselves as a team and, you know, I worked hard for many, many years. She's a little bit younger than me now, so she's doing really well. And I just respect her so much for what she's doing. And, uh, you know, it's been a team effort for sure. And I know that's uh, definitely sustained us through some hard times, uh, so, you know, is that, uh, 
you know, looking at your children now, I guess it's kind of going back to my deal. You have both been athletes. Um, how are you physically training them now? And how are you influencing them from a physical training standpoint? Do you, have personal, do, do you have them go to uh, personal trainers or do you train them yourself or you find that you don't, they don't like you to train them. They wanted someone independent of you. I mean, how, how do you, how do you do it? That's been the most difficult thing for us. I think is that for Jeff, we'll clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, you know, it's true coach. It's like, you know, you have to, I mean, when you think about all these great athletes we've trained over the years and helped, and I mean, I've worked as a personal trainer and helped get these kids to college and people get scholarships that you never, never would have dreamed when they first walked through the door could have ever gotten a scholarship to the, I mean, local, local, uh, whatever it is. And these are all situations where you bring back and say, okay, well, it should be easy. Our, our kids are going to respect us. Well, they do respect you and they respect you as dad. And that was the really the hardest thing for me is I had to get across is I'm dad first. I'm not the trainer first. She's not the basketball coach first. It's, it's a matter of learning to kind of disconnect between the coach and the mom and dad is really difficult. And you have to be mom and dad first. And I think for us, that was the really the, the first thing that we had to understand before we tried to go out there and try to make our kids the next great athletes or, whoever we think that they're going to be because they're their own people. We got Madison and we have Grayson. They're not Jeff. They're not Misty. Right. And at the end of the day, we, we try to make them into Jeff and Misty and they're not going to be Jeff and Misty. They're going to be Madison and they're going to be Grayson. And that was the, really the hardest thing for us to understand. And for me to, to and I push too early and, and I would look back to anybody right now that has kids. Don't push too early. Don't, don't make them into, who they're not yet and praise them instead of actually demanding more discipline or they're never not, they're never good enough. I mean, I was, my dad was always, he made a 99 on the test, but why did you make a hundred? And I think initially yeah. I was some of that with my child and, and that was too much. And Norris of all people gave me some of the best advice, which was go tell him he's great. Go tell him he's going to be really, really great. He's just going to need more time and more effort and more push. And, and, and it's, it's our relationships from we, I can't remember black and white in, in the locker room whenever we were in East Carolina. Yeah. It really wasn't there for me. And then when you get out of the locker room, I mean, you bleed and sweat with each other. And now still to this day, we, we still talk and we still have those conversations, not in black and white. We have those conversations in friends and the people yeah. that we know together. And, and that was the, really the biggest bond yeah. that I, took from East Carolina is knowing that those guys that are in the locker room were my brothers and they were the guys that go to, go to war with me and, and with us. And, and knowing that the coaches had your back and coaches were there for you at the same time, they were there to help you along the way. That was what it was really about. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so give me a little bit about the, exactly what the kids are doing now. Well, Maddie is doing competitive gymnastics. <clears throat> and she has been competing probably for the past five years um, with gymnastics, and she's loving that. Um, and she's also doing middle school cheerleading. 
So yes, I have a cheerleader and I'm very proud of that. She's probably one of the most fit, athletic, disciplined kids, you know, you meet. She likes, she wants to be strong, likes to be strong, does workouts on her own, YouTube. You go up to her room right now and there's a 10 pound dumbbell in there. Um, so she's, she's doing well. And like Jeff said, we just, we want them to be the best Grayson and Maddie that God created them to be. And, you know, not a basketball player, not a football player, um, and follow in our footsteps. And Grayson is a junior at North Ardo high school, plays basketball, has also taken up golf. And that's been exciting to see. He started playing golf last spring. And I think it was really good for him because he could go on the golf course and go play and have fun. And it wasn't how many rebounds you get, how many points did you score? How many turnovers did you have? And, um, you know, we definitely expect a lot. um, But sometimes maybe we're a little too tough, especially on Grayson early on. And um, but he plays golf and basketball and um, is doing a great job as a leader on the court. Um, and, you know, just is competitive. But most importantly, you know, we're, we're really proud of just their hearts and um, excited to see how God will use them, whether if they stay in athletics or are not in their future. Um, but they're both do very well in school. And it's just hard to believe, you know, with Grayson, we, the reality is we have less than two years with him. And, you know, Jeff made the comment, if Grayson wants to play golf, dad wants to play golf. And just yeah. valuing any time, um, you know, that you get to spend with them and, and knowing that time is very short and making the most of that versus trying to make them into some superstar that you think they can be or should be. No doubt. Well, Jeff, if you bring Grayson up here, you know, I live on a golf course here in Ironwood. We we can play one of these days and he can beat us and <laughs> have a good time. He, he, he definitely kicks my butt every day when we try to go out and play. But, I, you know, you know, I've played a couple of times with you. I'm not a very good golfer. But at the end of the day, if I can spend time with him, I want to spend time with him. And yeah, no doubt. I had another client that uh, he, he came to me one day and he, he just said the same thing. He's like, I, I've got one more year to left with my son. And I yep. started looking at it and I said the same thing. I'm like, I got two left with mine. What am I doing? And it's like, you look back and it's like this time just went so fast that you couldn't see it go past. You didn't fast and you get involved with work or you get involved with what's going on around you. And you forget that, I mean, that, that time is not promised to us anymore. And then once they're gone, they're gone. And then we don't longer have that, that role with them anymore in, in the same respect as what it was. And, and they, they're making decisions on their own. And I mean, Grayson, he, he solved the Rubik's Cube in six seconds. I didn't think you yeah. knew that. Yeah, and, I remember yeah, like, that. Yeah, it's like this. That's something he learned on his own. And, and Maddie, I mean, neither she or I are already good at gymnastics. She solved that on her own. And and right. she wants to be the best at these things. Well, we turn them loose and go get it. Go do all you can, do all you want. We're going to support you in every way that we can. So, well, one more question: uh, Are they thinking about any specific schools that they want to attend college? <laughs> I'll let you ask him that on the golf course when we get down there. And I'll, 
I hope you point him in the right direction because we, we we don't know yet. I'd say Grayson's a little more flexible. Maddie is a uh, 13-year-old with a plan, very interested in architecture. So there is a school that it was funny. Maddie told Jeff, said, Dad, if I go to NC State, will you wear a NC State sweatshirt? And he was like, Maddie, I don't care if you own NC State. I will not wear an NC State <laughs> sweatshirt. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, you know, we would yeah. love to. Maybe one of them will be a pirate. Who knows? We'll we'll see. But um, we definitely wouldn't trade our experience for anything. Well, I have really enjoyed uh, talking to you all tonight. And uh, we, I think we've covered a lot of great topics. So I appreciate it very much. And I'm going to go ahead and sign off now. Uh, this is Jeff Connor signing off for Absolute Empowerment, armoredlife.org. If you or anybody you know has an interest in rededicating their life to Christ, please contact Sports Objective or uh, armoredlife.org. And we will be happy to bring you on the show. Thanks a lot. God bless. And see you next week. You've been listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join us every Monday night for a new edition of the show. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. And go Pirates! It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.